I want to welcome you right now to the International Deliverance Ministries radio broadcast and podcast. My name is Evangelist Sean Bonito and also International Voice of Deliverance Radio, 24 hours of uncompromised Christian radio. Praise God. We want to go right now into our topic of discussion, and that is, does everybody, does everyone go to heaven? Does everyone go to heaven? A lot of people believe that, well, my father was good. My grandfather was a good person. Uh, my mother was good. My son or daughter was good. And, you know, as a result of that, they go to heaven. Today, people believe that everybody goes to heaven, no matter who they are. And, but does the Bible actually teach that everybody goes to heaven? I mean, no matter who the individual is, no matter what kind of lifestyle they lived, they've gone to heaven. And that's exactly what most people believe today. Even people claiming to be Christians, they claim that this person's gone to heaven. They were such a nice person. But does the Bible actually teach this? Does the Bible actually teach that, that everybody goes to heaven? And as we look in the scriptures right now, we'll understand that the Bible teaches that not everybody goes to heaven. The Bible clearly teaches that not everyone is going to go to heaven. The scripture teaches that most people, in fact, will go to hell tragically. But we're going to look at that from the word of God. We're going to pray right now. Father, I pray for all those listening to the sound of my voice. I pray you speak to hearts to God, that people will understand in these last days of compromise and deception, Lord, that they would realize that, Lord, we have to go accordance to your word, O God. For it is written that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Father, we give you thanks and praise and speak to hearts that are not saved. God, that they would realize that they need, they need to be born again. And those who are living a lukewarm life and living in sin, they'd realize they need to repent and be saved as well before it's too late. And also encourage those who are truly saved to continue to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 7, the Bible says this now, here in the King James Bible, in verse number 7, of course, uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, and verse 13, the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, he says this, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Now, listen, now the Bible says this, and the Bible says, Many there be which go in thereat, verse 14, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, but few, the Bible says, few there be that find it. Now, this is very serious. Jesus is saying there's only one of two gates that we can travel on. One gate that leads to heaven and another gate that leads to hell. And the Bible says the wide gate that leads to hell, many are traveling on that wide gate. Most people are traveling on that wide gate. And Jesus says that wide gate is broad. Now, most pre many preachers today are trying to tell people that, you know, that gate, you know, is, is that wide gate is, is not as wide as it used to be. Oh, you know, you could, you could go ahead and live the way you want to live. And really, that wide gate is now the narrow gate. No, sir. That wide gate is still what it is, the wide gate. The moment you try to widen that narrow gate, it is no longer the narrow gate. Is no longer the narrow way. It has become the wide gate. And that's what Jesus says. And he says that most people enter into that wide gate 
Because you could bring anything with you, any ideology, any philosophy, any belief system, no matter what you want. You could, you could just do it and go on that wide gate. No matter what, you, that wide gate will receive everybody anything, no matter what baggage it is, no matter what, what, what uh, area of sin it is. You could be a homosexual. You could be transgender. You could be anything you want to be. And you could be in that wide gate. And so it doesn't matter. Amen. But where does that wide gate lead to? Jesus Christ of Nazareth says, he says it leads to destruction. In other words, it doesn't lead to heaven. It leads to hell. Jesus says all this. The Lord says this in verse number 14, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few the be that find it. He says the way to heaven is narrow. Hallelujah. The way to heaven is a straight gate. It's a narrow way that leads to life. Now, how many people find that narrow way? Jesus says, few, few, few there be that find it. What does this mean? It means the majority of people that have ever lived, ever lived from the time of Adam to now, have gone to hell. I'm going to say that again. The majority of people that have ever lived from the time of Adam and Eve until this present time in the 21st century, tragically, have gone to an eternity in hell. And most preachers now don't even want to talk about hell. Don't, don't, even want to, don't, don't even preach about hell. But why do we preach it? Because we love people. We don't want to see them go there. We want to see them saved. We want to see them repent of sin and trust the Lord Jesus Christ by faith alone for their salvation. But Jesus says that gate to heaven is straight and narrow. The gate to hell is wide and broad. What do we see now? We see now preachers in, in, in all around the world justifying the sin of homosexuality, saying it's okay now to be a gay Christian. I saw a man on the on I believe it was Fox News the other day. He said he was a gay, he was a, a a proud gay Christian. There's no such thing as a gay Christian. It doesn't exist. Well, we say that because we hate homosexuals. No, we love them. We want them to be saved. This is why Jesus says in Matthew's gospel, chapter 7, verse 13, he says, enter ye in at what? Hallelujah. The straight gate. Praise God. Jesus tells us the exact gate to go into. The straight gate. The one that leads to heaven. Hallelujah. Not the one that leads to hell. And so the true preacher of the gospel that loves people will tell people to repent of sin. Turn away from your iniquity. Turn away from your abomination. To be like John the Baptist. Amen. When John the Baptist said, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? Who has warned you? Who has told you the truth? Who's told you to repent of sin? Who's told you to come to Christ for salvation? Who told you to get right with the true and living God in these last days of compromise and deception? And so now we're living in a time and day and age where people justify sin altogether and they believe they're going to heaven. We have multiple numbers of churches now justifying the sin of divorce and remarriage. People who are divorced and remarried in the church. And, but what's scary about it, listen to this now, is that Jesus says that divorce and remarriage is the sin of adultery. That's what he says in, Ma in Matthew's gospel, chapter number 19, amen, and verse uh, number 9, and, and of course, Romans chapter 7, verses 1 to 3, and so forth. We can quote many other verses of scripture. And the Bible says that they're living in adultery, they're living in sin, and we shake their hand. God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. God, is that love? No. It's hate. When you don't tell people the truth, it's hate. The Bible says love rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in what? Hallelujah. What is it? Praise God. The truth. 
the word of God. It rejoices in righteousness. It rejoices in truth. It rejoices when you want to see people made whole and not see them in their demise and in their destruction and see them damned to hell. But see, when people justify sin, when let's say a daughter or a son or somebody becomes a homosexual or they get divorced and remarried or they go ahead and shock it with their girlfriend or their boyfriend, you know what people do? People start to justify that sin. Oh, it's my son. It's my daughter. It's my cousin. It's my grandson. It's my granddaughter. It's my, it's my brother. It's my sister. And they justify all these things thinking that this is okay and it's not love. you got to stand against it. Amen. you you got to take a stand against it because you love that person. You don't have to keep, amen, bringing it up to them every second, but you have to stand against it. And if the Lord, amen, and praise God, and if the opportunity is there, yes, continually tell them. If the opportunity comes, sometimes they don't want to hear, then you can't force, it, force them to listen. Amen. You just pray for them. But at the same time, you've got to take a stand if you love them. Why? Because it's leading to hell. But most people say, oh, well, my son is divorced and remarried, so I'll, you know, I, I don't think it's wrong anymore. So who, who do you really love? You don't love them. You love yourself. You know why? Because you are con- more concerned about having a relationship with them than their eternal soul. Listen to what I'm saying. You are more concerned about you, personally you, having a relationship with them than their eternal soul that's on its way to hell. It's better that you never have a relationship with them ever again in your life and how, how, how tragic that would be. But it's much better that you would never, ever have a relationship with them than watch them slip, slide into eternal damnation without God. And they don't hear the truth when you know the truth and you know that they, they're, they're going to damn their soul to hell and you never told them, God forbid the Bible says that the, the blood of that individual will be on your hands. Will be on your hands. God will not hold us guiltless if we do not tell people the truth when we understand what the scriptures clearly teach about eternal salvation. The most important thing for people is to be saved. And so what we find now is people saying that this, this, this gate that is supposed to be narrow and straight is now no longer narrow and straight. This is, it's now what? It's now become the wide gate. But they think it's still the narrow gate, and it's not. And so the scripture teaches that everybody goes to heaven. And we have preachers, amen, uh, ushering individuals into heaven at a funeral so that nobody feels bad about it. I'll never forget when I was about, I don't know, maybe, uh, I guess I was, a, I was about maybe in my late 20s or something like that, or maybe early 20s. Anyway, I remember going to a funeral. And I'll never forget this old-time Pentecostal church, amen, a Jamaican Pentecostal church, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> the preacher, amen, I don't, I, I, you know, I, maybe now he's compromised, I don't know, but at but that time, anyway, he preached a wonderful message at a funeral, and it was very, it's a very hard funeral to preach at because a person died, and they were, I guess they were into, uh, you know, bad company uh, and whatever the case. Anyway, they died, and the preacher didn't usher him to heaven. The preacher's, the preacher's text was from Revelation, amen, the book of Revelation. I believe it's chapter number 20. And he said, and whosoever's name was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Hallelujah. He preached the word. People, amen, I believe people were crying. People, look, he didn't say the young man was necessarily gone to hell either. We don't know. But he, that young man did not live a Christian life. You can't usher that individual to him. Maybe they called upon the name of the Lord at the last minute and got saved perhaps. But in most cases, that doesn't happen. Most cases, like the rich man, they die, lift up their eyes in hell, being in torment in in Luke's gospel, chapter 16. Amen. Talking about the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man died. The Bible says, lift up his eyes in hell, being in torment. And so what happens is now people don't realize that they think that, that as a result of 
the, the individual, you know, living somewhat of a good life or because of the fact you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings will just usher them to heaven. And oh, they've gone to heaven. Oh, they've gone to heaven. Is that really love? Listen, listen to what the Bible says here. Listen to what the Bible says. Amen. In Luke's gospel, chapter 16, as I just mentioned a moment ago, Luke's gospel, chapter number 16, praise God. And the Bible says here in Luke's gospel, chapter number 16, talk about the rich man and Lazarus and how they both died. Amen. Amen. And as I just mentioned, the rich man died and went to hell. The scripture tells us in verse number 23 of Luke's gospel, chapter 16. Here's what it says. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Amen. Now, amen. What, is, what has happened to the rich man? Verse 24 says, says this. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip this tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Look, people in hell are not even asking for a glass of water. All they're asking for is the water from off of somebody's finger that would relieve them of the torment that they are experiencing. You see how serious this is? Now, what I want you to watch is this. Listen to what the rich man says. Amen. To Father Abraham, his request to Father Abraham concerning his loved ones. Listen to, listen to this. This is powerful. Amen. The Bible says this in verse number 27. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him, he's talking about Lazarus, to my father's house. Listen to this now. Verse 28. For I have five brethren. One, two, three, four, five. Five brethren, he says that he may testify unto them that lest they also come into this place of torment. Wow. The rich man is so concerned about his five brethren, five brethren, that they would be saved, that they would hear the gospel, that they would not be cast into eternal damnation. He's caring about them. And he says to Father Abraham, please send Lazarus. Send him to my five brethren that they don't come to this place. I love them. I care about them. I don't want them to die in their sin. I want somebody to tell them the truth. Tell my five brethren, please, Father Abraham. Now, Father Abraham says this. Amen. He says in verse 29, Abraham saith unto him, "Let they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Amen. Verse number 30 says, And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. So now he's saying, Father Abraham. He says, yes, they have Moses and the prophets, but no. They they, they will repent if they just have uh, Lazarus raise it from the dead and go and talk to them. They will repent. And so what what does now Father Abraham say to him? He says to the rich man. And he said unto him, Verse 31, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither, the, neither will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead. Listen to this now. The rich man, hallelujah, did not, did not want his family to believe that he went to heaven. He was in hell and he desired for Lazarus to be resurrected from the dead and to go and to preach to his five brethren who were dead in trespasses and sins that they would repent of sin and not go to this place of torment. Listen to me right now. God desires every true Bible believing Christian to be true to his word and preach it. Amen. Even whether you're a preacher or not, if you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, if you're born again by the spirit of the living God, the Lord requires you 
and I to tell people the truth. Who cares a man of a people like you or they don't? You got to forget about your reputation and care about their eternal soul. This is about souls to be saved. This is about people going to hell. Hallelujah. And dying in their sin forever. They need to hear the gospel. Amen. That's why this prosperity gospel is such a, a demonic uh, teaching from the pit of hell because all it does is talk about the preacher getting rich. Uh, people, amen, are building the treasure on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves can break through no steel. Where they can break through and steal rather instead of building the treasure in heaven and it's so deceptive because it's bringing people to hell. But what we need today, hallelujah, is people to tell souls the truth, true Christian people who have the love of Christ in their heart to tell people the truth regardless of what people want to say about them because they care. People in hell, people who are in hell don't want their loved ones to go to hell. They want a preacher to tell their family members about hell and fire and damnation. Not to say, oh, you're going to heaven so you can all please everybody so everybody can come to your church. What's the Savior going to think about that on the day of judgment? He's not going to care about your accolades. He's not going to care about your titles. He's not going to care about how many people in the church thought you were great. Amen. And oh, you know, he's preaching that old time legalistic gospel. Who cares what everybody says? You got to go by what the Bible says. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And preach what the scripture says. And oh, well, this person, uh, they won't be my friend anymore. But if I, if I take a stand for the truth, who cares? Let them go on. Pray for them. Love them. But let them go on. Who do you want to have fellowship with? The Lord Jesus Christ or your family and your friends if it means that you have to make a decision. Or we would rather make a decision of offending God rather than offending man. That's what we want to do. We would rather make a decision of offending God and not offending man. We'd rather offend God and please man. Well, the Bible says, Paul says, if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Amen. If I please man by preaching a false gospel, how could I be called a man of God if I am a man of God that I must preach what God says in his word? Regardless, amen, if my family likes it, regardless if my wife likes it, regardless if my son or my daughter like it, regardless if my, my mom likes it or my anyone in my family is like it, it doesn't matter, my in-laws, whoever it may be, we love each and every one, but if they don't like it, they cut you off, well, so be it. You got to preach the word because people need to be saved from hell. And so does everybody go to heaven no not according to the word of God absolutely not and the majority as we just read are going to hell why why are they going to hell well the Bible says the wages of sin is death in Romans chapter 6 verse 23 the wages of sin and so as a result what is sin sin is transgressing God's law it's breaking his law and so we have all sinned, the Bible says, all of us, myself, every one of us included, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means we all deserve hell. We all don't deserve heaven. And so when people say, I'm a good person, good by whose standard? Yours are God's. By God's standard, we do not deserve heaven. By God's standard, we deserve hell fire and damnation forever but thank God for his love and mercy that's why Christ came and died on the cross for our sin and shed his blood on the cross that we can be saved from an eternity in hell the Bible says for God so loved the world hallelujah that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him praise God should not perish hallelujah but have everlasting life now here's this 
That's why people will not make it to heaven because they do not want to be forgiven of their sin. They can be forgiven of their sin. Anybody can be forgiven of their sin. All they got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ did not die for a select few. Amen. He died for everyone. Christ died for everyone. It's false teaching to say that Christ, his, his atonement was only for a select few, that he didn't die for anybody. That's blasphemous. It's blasphemous, saying that Christ did not die for everybody. And those, those that teach that, it's blasphemy. Amen? Christ died for everybody. That does not mean that everybody is going to go to heaven. You have to receive his salvation. Amen? Hallelujah. You have to repent of your sin and receive him by faith. Amen. And so that's what the scripture teaches us very clearly. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so we have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Hallelujah. So in the Bible it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, it tells us that people could have been saved in that time, but they chose to, to reject the truth and to be pleasures of unrighteousness. So that means that everybody can be saved. Everybody can receive salvation. But how do we get saved? How do we get right with God and not go to hell and go to heaven? Listen, we do that by simply acknowledging our sin, that we're sinners. We've broken God's law and that we need to be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We can only be justified by grace, amen, by grace through faith in his finished work on the cross. The Bible says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can be justified by the blood of Christ. But th what does justify mean? It means being made right in the sight of God as if we've never sinned. And that can happen only by when we repent. Now, what does repentance mean? It means a turning away from sin, not just a change of thought. It's a change of thought that requires a change of action. You can change it. If you can, you can say, oh, yeah, I've changed my thought. Oh, yeah, I've changed my thought. But if you're still doing the same filthiness, if you're still a homosexual, still a transgender, still lying, stealing, still committing adultery, and you said you repent, you didn't repent. It's a lie. You know it's a lie. Everybody knows that's a lie. A man says, oh, I love you to his wife, yet he beats her up, yet he goes and sleeps with all kinds of other women, looks at porn and all. He's not loving his wife. It's a lie. He has to show it by his actions. Amen. So the Bible says, faith without works is dead. And so the scripture makes it clear that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. People are deceived by thinking today they can still live in sin and still pass through the pearly gates. You will not go to heaven. I didn't say that. I have no authority to judge anybody. I have, this preacher, Sean Benita, has no authority to judge anybody. The Bible does. Hallelujah. The Bible is the final authority. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. God's word will judge in the last day, Jesus says in John's gospel, chapter number 12. And so here it is now. Here it is now. This is the condemnation. That light has come into the world. And the Bible says, that men love darkness rather than light because the deeds were evil. They reject the truth. They reject the light. This is what will damn people to hell. We all deserve damnation. But if they don't receive salvation, they will eternally be damned in hell. If they don't receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be gone to hell. So the Bible says there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. It's not through, uh, you know, all well, you people say, oh, well, uh, you know, people may say, oh, well, you know, that's not fair to other religions. Look, it's not about being fair to anybody. We don't hate anybody. It's about the truth. It's about the truth. Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. And how do we know his word is truth? By the evidence of history, archaeology, Bible prophecy, and the eyewitness accounts of Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. I'm not going to go into all that right now. But the Bible 
has shown by the evidence to be the only inspired, authoritative, infallible, and inerrant word of God. Now, how did we get to heaven? We get to heaven by repenting of our sin and trusting Jesus Christ alone by faith for our salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Bible says very clearly, very clearly, that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So listen now. That means if you are a Buddhist, hallelujah, you die in your Buddhism, and you reject Christ, you're going to go to hell, sadly. I didn't say that. The Bible teaches us. If you're a Muslim, and you die in your sin, and you don't know Christ, and you die believing the false teachings of Islam, that Christ did not die on the cross, that he did not resurrect from the dead, that he is not the Son of God, that he is not God in flesh, the Bible says that that you're a liar and you will end up in the lake of fire forever and forever. I didn't teach that. The scriptures teach that. The Bible teaches that if you believe that, that you don't believe in the resurrection of Christ, you're not going to go to heaven. You don't believe in God's word, you're not going to go to heaven. You're calling God a liar. Amen. And all liars shall have the part in the lake of fire. The Bible says that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In 1 first, first Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 9. Amen. And so the Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. And verse number nine, the Bible says this. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Listen now. Listen here now. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind. Listen now. Listen this carefully. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible says if you're in sin... If you're living in sin, if you're living, if you're an adulterer, a fornicator, amen, don't matter who you are. Listen, people think if you shacked up with your boyfriend and your girlfriend, oh, you love the Lord, I love the Lord. Listen, that's a lie. You can't shack up with your boyfriend and your girlfriend, amen, and still believe that you're saved. You've got to repent of that. You can't be an adulterer, be divorced and remarried. You've got to repent of that. You cannot be effeminate. What does effeminate mean here in the text? Effeminate means a man who is, who is acting like a woman in the sex act. That's it. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to get no any more <laughs> any more detail other than that. But that's what it means. Effeminate, and and abuses of the man, of themselves of mankind. I mean, somebody who's committing the act of sodomy. Amen. That's what it means. And so homosexuality, the acts of homosexuality, the, 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 the desires of homosexuality, the desires of adultery, the desires of fornication, the desires of old sin, whether it's stealing or whatever. If you desire that in your heart, even in your heart, you're not a Christian. You can't be right with God. You got to repent of all these things, not only in the action, the Bible says, but in your spirit. That's the only way you can perfect holiness. And the Bible says, with the holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Amen. And so you have to, there has to be a genuine repentance of sin, a genuine turning from sin to be saved, according to the Bible. Amen. Now we have a superficial standard of salvation today. You know what it is? You know what it is? It's this. People believe, oh, well, I'm, uh, you, know, uh, you know, only my act of homosexuality is wrong, but yet I'm, I still have the attraction. I still have the desire of homosexuality. No, sir. You cannot have, amen, you cannot be a Christian according to the Bible, according to the word of God. And still have the desire of homosexuality or the desire of adultery or the desire of any sin. You know what the Bible says about that? Jesus says, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no wise 
into the kingdom of God. What did the scribes and Pharisees do? They had a hypocritical way of righteousness. They were righteous outwardly, but inwardly they were full of dead men's bones. Inwardly they were full of sin. That's the way of the Pharisees. They did not want to repent of sin in their spirit. Are you here when I'm preaching? So the homosexual that stops the homosexual act is good, but if they still desire the homosexuality, if they still have the affections and lusts of homosexuality, the Bible says that they don't belong to Christ. They will die in the sin. you got to repent of these things, of both the flesh and the spirit. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, listen to this now, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24. Listen to this. This is not me. It's the word of God. It says, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, listen now, with the affections and lusts. What does that mean? The affections and the lusts, it means the, the desires, the, the intentions, the lusts, the, the evil concupiscence, the longing for that which is forbidden by God. One must repent of these things to be saved. That's why Jesus says the way to heaven is narrow, narrow. It's not wide. And you think that you can look at porn and still go to heaven, you're deceived. You think you can go ahead and be divorced and remarried, you're deceived. You think you can go ahead and be a homosexual and transgendered, you're deceived. I don't care what your preacher tells you and your denomination. If they're telling you that garbage, they're lying to you. They don't love you. They're not telling you the truth. And if they're not preaching the gospel, that means they don't care about your eternal soul. You know what, you know what Jonah did? Listen to this now. Just listen to this. You know what Jonah did in when he when he when he did not want to go to Nineveh? Why didn't he not want to go to Nineveh? It's because he hated them. He refused to preach repentance to Nineveh because he wanted them to be damned. That's true hatred. God in his love and mercy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God in his love and mercy. He said, I got to, I got to bring you to Nineveh to preach. Hallelujah. Because I don't want, I'm not willing that any should perish, but all come to what? Thank you, Lord. Repentance. Hallelujah. So preaching the gospel. People today think, oh, it's hate when you street preachers. Hate. They're deceived. They've been believing a false gospel for years. It's not hate. It's the greatest form of love so people can hear the glorious good news of salvation and repent and be saved. Because if this gospel is hid, it's only hid to one group of people. And the Bible says it is hid to them who that are lost. So here as I close now, as I close, amen, for this podcast and for all those who are also listening through other avenues, Facebook, other areas. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible teaches us this, that the way to heaven is narrow. The way to heaven is wide. And people are going to hell a dime a dozen. The Bible talks about a falling away from the faith. People are going ahead and watching Game of Thrones, watching all that nudity and all that filth and still believe they're going to pass through the pearly gates. They've created a new form of Christianity that, that, is, that has not been approved by God, that has been rejected by the majority of Christians all down through the ages, that is contrary to the doctrine of Christ. And when they read the word of God, they know the word of God testifies to them that the living in sin, justifying. They think that they can love the world. Listen to Lady Gaga. Listen to Jay-Z. Listen to Freddie Mercury. Listen to uh, Kenny Rogers. Listen to all that mess. Amen. Taylor Swift and all that garbage out there. We love those people. We're praying for them. But listen to all that sin and believe they're going to pass through the pearly gates when the Bible warns us over and over and over and over and over and over again with all the admonitions from the word of God to turn from sin and that without, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord and that the way to heaven is straight. It's narrow. Few to be the find. A few are going to go to heaven because few really want to deny themselves. Take up the cross and follow the Savior. 
We have people now drinking alcohol, sipping saints. When the Bible says wine is a mocker, strong drinks raging, whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise, and they think it's great. Go ahead, drink, have your social drink, have all this. Amen. What, what did Jesus do when he, when he talked about that evil servant? In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, he said that if that evil servant should say in his heart, my Lord delayed his coming, shall begin to eat and drink with the drunken. Right? Why, why did he, he associated the alcohol with backsliding, with backsliding and turning away from the gospel. Because the Bible tells us to be sober, to abstain. The word sober, amen. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, that word watch actually means to abstain from wine. To abstain from it. And now people are going to, they're not abstaining from nothing. They're going after beer. They're going after wine. They're watching all the movies. They're watching all these shows. They're going to the theater. And back in the day, the old time preacher would tell you and I to turn from these things. Amen. They were right. Not because it was old time, but because it was the Bible. Amen. It was what the scriptures taught. Amen. Now people are going to the, the, to the prom and dancing with their, their son or their grandson or their granddaughter and justifying all these things. Thinking, oh, I'm a Christian. My grandson's a Christian. My granddaughter's a Christian. And they love the world and they don't know God, and they love the world, and they're not saved, they're not a Christian. How what does it mean to be a Christian? It means you deny yourself, praise God, take up your cross, and you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I did when I was 15 years old. By the grace of God and by his grace, I'm doing that today, and anybody can do that today if you trust the Savior. God loves you. He does not want you to go to hell. He wants you to be saved, but don't mistake in it. Not everybody goes to heaven. Not everybody goes to heaven. The only way to heaven is the way of the cross. Church can't save you. Your, your, your good deeds can't save you. Your denomination can't save you. Amen. If your father and your mother's Christians, they can't save you, man. You, you, you don't become a Christian by osmosis. You don't become a Christian by going to church or anything, by reading your Bible once a, once a day and, and, and having a little word of prayer. You, ha you become a Christian when you repent of your sin and accept the Lord Jesus Christ by faith and you genuinely serve him and you deny yourself. Amen. Take up your cross and follow him. You can't go after all these things and, and play all these filthy video games full of adults, full of sin and women undressing, killing people, all that garbage. I mean, I can go down the list. Amen. All this comic books, amen, and, and believing in all these, all this garbage, all these are watching the Avengers. Oh, I'm going to go watch the Avengers movie today. I'm going to go to the Avengers movie today. I mean, what kind of nonsense? Full of the occult and full of sin, all those things that, that are anti-Christ and we love that. The Bible says if we love the world, the love of the Father is not inside of us. Listen to me. Listen to what the scripture says. Believe what the word of God says. God wants you to go to heaven. He does not want you to go to hell. But you got to repent. Come to Christ, praise God, and serve the Lord and live for him. And he will enable you and I to live the Christian life. You can't live the Christian life in your own strength. It's only by the power of the Holy Ghost can it be possible. The Bible says in Romans 13, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. He says this, if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh, ye shall live. Listen. You don't have to live in sin. That's why Jesus told the woman, go and sin, what, no more. If, she, if it was something that she couldn't do, Christ wouldn't tell her that she, tell her to do it. He said, go and sin no more. Hallelujah. You can walk upright before God and not commit habitual, willful sin. Yes, of course, we all, every one of us do, you know, uh, a secret fault or whatever the case. We're talking about willful sin. You don't have to walk in that. And the Bible says you should not walk in that. If you sin willfully, there's no more sacrifice for your sin. You can walk in the spirit of God and not after the flesh. If you walk after the flesh, you shall have the flesh reap corruption. But you can live right before God by the spirit of God and by the help of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And make it into heaven by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you can ask him into your heart to save you and to come into your heart to be a new born again Bible-believing Christian. And he will do that. If you want to know the Lord, you can do that right now. Just pray this prayer with me. Amen. 
and, and just from the bottom of your heart, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again from the dead. And I believe you're coming back again. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. I turn away from my sin and I trust you as my Savior and Lord and as my only way to heaven and my only escape from an eternity in hell. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. I commit my life into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, amen, and you meant it from the bottom of your heart because a prayer itself can't save you. You have to genuinely repent of your sin and truly trust Christ. But if you've done that, Amen. You become a new born-again child of God. Amen. Praise God. And we'd like to give you a free booklet. Amen. If you just write to, if you just, uh, you know, email us on our website, internationaldeliveranceministries.org. Amen. And go on our website and request our booklet called What It Means to Be Born Again. Absolutely free. We'll give that to you. What It Means to Be Born Again. Praise God. Working on the online version by which you can also, amen, look at it and download it for free uh, on the website in the future. But right now, if you want to request that, just email us and we'll send it to you at no charge to you praise god if you also want to support our ministry amen and you want to you believe in this old time gospel you want to support us in any way shape or form praise god no gift is too small no gift is too large to enable us to continue to preach the gospel of the lord jesus christ in these last days and uplift the name of the lord jesus christ we love you we thank god for all that he's done and all that he will continue to do we love you we're praying for you all god bless praise god amen jesus found me.